Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of our community members. Find us at whateverworks.works. And why not join our community? Simply search for Whatever Works at mewe.com and get stuck in. Right. No, I'm now. I'm, I'm recording. I'm keeping up. I'm here. Yeah, I'm with, with you. It. Go. Hello, go, everyone. Stop. Whoa, whoa. Whatever works. Whatever works. We're here again. Aidan Bell. How are you? Don't distract me. I'm still turning on recording devices. Are you playing sound effects, Mr. Salmon? Are you after my job? That's the only one I've got. People clapping and cheering. I'll take that. I'll take that. Thank you, Mr. Salmon. <laughs> One sh- show one six seven we're on, and it's August the fifth in twenty twenty two. And um, yes, hello again. Um, how are you? Have you got over your ailing? Time passeth, doesn't it? Twenty twenty two. Um, sort of. I mean, <coughs> you see, that's psychology for you. You mention it, and I start coughing. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I've had long COVID, ladies and gentlemen, for almost exactly a month now. Just a couple of days over a month. So it's getting better. It's considerably better than it was when I was coughing and spluttering on the last couple of shows. Thank you. Yes. It just yes. takes time. I mean, I think we've reached a point when we're not so terrified of, of an early grave because of COVID. It's just like an irritating flu that won't go away. <laughs> there it is yeah. again. <clears throat> yeah. I do get it. And um, it's going to be a thing going forward, I guess. We just need, as you say, we just need to get used to it. Let's just do the um, the links here. Um, AidenBell.com is where you'll find Aiden and all his um, Santa Santa stuff and exciting... Yay! Panto paraphernalia. <laughs> uh, whatever works dot works is our website. That's where you'll find links to all the stuff we're going to trail through today for those that stick to the end of the podcast. And um, don't forget the MeWe group. The MeWe group is where we try to encourage people to tell us whatever works in their lives and we'll bring all the highlights of that to the show. If you get lost anywhere, head for tedsalmon.com. Tedsalmon.com's got links to all our podcasts and all of our MeWe groups, so do come and join us if you're not already. So, yeah. I was noticing the other day, Ted, you've really built up a really impressive empire. I mean, you should play that sound effect for yourself. Um, (laughs) The the, the amount, the the number of successful podcasts you've managed to sort of helm in recent years is very impressive, sir. I do wonder, uh, thank you, but I do wonder if um, how many people listen to them because... Oh, I think they both enjoy it very much. Yeah, (laughs) so so often in in the group, in the MeWe group, someone says something and it's exactly what we've just spoken about on a show from a few days ago and you think well they obviously haven't listened to it <laughs> and and further still there's a, I've actually posted an article in the MeWe group like a scroll down for a, a couple of um, pages and there's the article about it and someone else has posted it again I'm not complaining I mean all traffic is is helpful and good but it's just interesting and and I do wonder um, how many people actually tune in um, so let's count. Well, them, I do. We? Number one, here I am. <laughs> uh, but we don't care. We're, we can have a nice chat anyway. Absolutely. If, if people want to tune in and listen to it, then they can. So whatever, whatever. It's time for whatever's been going whatever. on with you. <laughs> yeah, what's, um, what's the news? Oh, last time you said that you were going to be looking for a dishwasher and also um, you were trying to sort out your central heating, weren't you? Oh, the central heating. The central heating is entirely my fault because I'm weird. I'm not a phone person. I'm sorry. Um, all through my adult life, I've just not been very comfortable with phones. Not 
with anybody, with close friends or people I've never met before. I just prefer to be able to take the time and the space to communicate through email primarily or through text. And so, consequently, because I'm odd, I haven't got anywhere with this heating thing because I'm trying to find advice. I'm trying to locate a heating... um, uh, there is a word, and it's not engineer, an advisor, uh, somebody who will simply come oh, yeah. to the house and look and say, right, the air flows in this direction and you've got a window there and a door there and the ceiling is X metres high, therefore I suggest you put this heater in that position and make it that kind of heater. That's what an, I want. An energy consultant. Consultant, an energy consultant. Thank you, sir. I've written in about 25 emails, I should remember. <laughs> um, everybody wants to phone me. I'm getting responses to my emails. I'm emailing individuals and companies and I'm asking, are you able to help me with this? And the response invariably is, yes, we'd be very delighted to help. What's your phone number so we can call you? And sorry, no, because I'm asking initially, you know, what's the ballpark quote of what this is going to cost me if you come over? And are you able to help me at all? And I want some response in an email. Of course, I'm going to end up on the phone with somebody eventually, but I'd like people to respond by email rather than, oh, what's your phone number? So we've got you by the balls so we can plague you in the future and phone you up with adverts in the middle of the night. We want your phone number. So anybody who says that just gets ignored and I move on to the next because I'm weird. So consequently, you've got no work. Consequently, I, well, the thing is, you know, God bless YouTube. I mean, really, you can teach yourself brain surgery on YouTube, can't you? You've just got to spend the time to look through the videos and separate the wheat from the chaff. And there is information out there. And I am starting to learn about the different kinds of... All right, that's the 714 to... Good grief! Istanbul. <laughs> that's the loudest we've had yet, Mr Salmon. <laughs> yeah, right. anyway, you, you, there is a wealth of information out there, and as long as you, you've got your head on your shoulders and you know which, are the, which is the sensible information and which are the loonies, I think I'll be, I think I'll be all right. I think I'll be all right, thank you. Oh, good. And what about the dishwasher? The dishwasher... You, you, Sorry. Was, you went to John Lewis, didn't you? I did. In the end, I went to John Lewis. Now, I have to proceed this by saying I'm a terrible reviewer. I'm not going to even attempt to review this dishwasher. I'm just going to report that I ended up at Jean-Louis and I was very happy to do so. And a very helpful, real human lady there was very kind. And we went through the order together and it duly arrived a week or so later. Very nice couple of men came in and fitted it all up so I didn't have to worry about messing up the plumbing and flooding the house. And it works a treat. It's a dishwasher made by Bico. Um, oh, I yeah. stupidly don't have the price in front of me, but it was about two fifty. I think it was almost the cheapest dishwasher they had in the shop yeah, because that's yeah. all that I needed. That's just my mother and I. We don't get through an awful lot, so we didn't need bells and whistles. We just needed a cheap, efficient dishwasher. In fact, I do remember Chris Kelly in the in the face in the in them. Oh, I nearly said a very black yeah. word there in the MeWe group. Keep that out of it. <laughs> in the <clears throat> MeWe group, um, uh, yes, Chris Kelly uh, was actually singing the praises of Beaker, which was very good. To to see. Thank you for that, right. Chris. And um, yeah, I'm very happy with it. I can't tell you all its various functions and possibilities and this that it does and that that it does. But it has a couple of different choices. You can do an economy wash. You can do a full scale wash. You can do a really butch in your face wash. It's got a button you can press for a half load if it's not fully loaded and you want to save even more energy and water, which these days is very important. And it does a super, super job. I mean, I put the dishes in, I shut the door, I press the button, I go away and two or three hours later, when it's done it's beautiful clean shiny certainly more efficient than the old one which was literally 20 or 30 years by the time we got rid of it um 
Yeah. It does what it says on the tin. It does what it says on the tin, and I'm very happy with it. So, um, although, as I say, I'm not able to delve into the real sort of depths of a review, I can say that it's a Bico dishwasher. It was not expensive. Indeed, it was one of the cheapest they had, and I'm very happy with it. Thank you. Excellent. What else you got? What else have you been doing? Oh, something occurred to me. I don't quite know why this happened. I think it must have been because it happened at the doorbell. Do you remember? It's just a, just a silliness I thought I'd bring out. Do you remember when we were kids, we used to play a game called Knock Down Ginger? Well, oh, hello. There's a um, twelve yeah, eighteen I, to Edinburgh. I, I do, but I don't. But I, I think we might. We, reading your notes in here, I think we did it. We called it something different. I can't remember what. It's basically on. the cheeky kids game where you go up to yeah. a door and you ring the bell and then you run like heck yeah, before yeah, they come yeah. to the door and you hide behind a lamppost and giggle watching people opening the door and wondering who's there. I realised. Did you know you can do that for a living these days? Oh, can you? It's called being an Amazon delivery man. <laughs> <laughs> because the number of times the doorbell rings and you think, "Oh God, I'm in the middle of something. Never mind. I've got to get to the door quick." And you open the door and you just catch sight of an Amazon man disappearing around the corner. And you look down and there's a package on the t- step. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you're lucky. Professional knockdown ginger. It just made me laugh. We've had a, um, a bit of a to do with deliveries this week because there was a company supposed to be sending my mother some knives which you can't get for love nor money and she found this company that provided them anyway right when they the warehouse put the order through they forgot to put the number on the ha- or the, the house number oh right on the street so they didn't turn up and they claimed that they'd left notes and cards and they hadn't done oh. and it was dpd you know it wasn't all oh, right okay a, a mickey mouse company um, anyway, I phoned them up yesterday to try and sort it out, and it turns out she said we've got photographs. The, 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 the driver's taken photographs, and he's taken these photographs halfway down the road somewhere, <laughs> nowhere near their house. So I said that's not the place. Check, check the address, and they then said, oh no, there's no number on the house. So, oh, sorry, there's no house number on yeah. the order. So I told them what the house number. And, that, and to be good, to be fair, they're delivering it today between one and two. They've they've sorted it out. But um, yeah, so yeah, more delivery. We we spend a lot of time slagging off delivery companies on this show. Don't <laughs> well, we? I mean, it's it's a it's a growing, growing, growing industry, yeah. isn't it? You know, there's going to be teething problems. Your story sounds a bit like something from a Who Done It. Really, the knives were left and outside the wrong yeah. house. Therefore, it couldn't have been Mrs. Salmon who committed the murder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's got these knives that she bought years ago, and she wanted to get some more. I can't remember why the ones she's got have run out or whatever, or she's run out of them. But she, anyway, she has. And um, they're, they're, they're like gold dust. You, you just can't get them. This company down your way somewhere, actually, um, was um, Oh, well, we, we need a review, sir. We need a review of these yeah, knives. Yeah, yeah. Tell us what they're well, all about. We will in time. A couple of quick ones for me was the um, being wowed by 120 watt fast charging. A bit, a bit techy, I'm afraid. 120 watt fast <laughs> charging on this phone I had in for review, and it's just amazing watching this thing charge. 17 minutes from flat to full, and you just wow. sit there, you watch this thing going up. Dread to think what it's doing to the battery, and it's, it gets quite hot while it's doing. You know, that, I but... remember. I remember you saying on PSC that it's compulsive to just sit and watch yeah. it. Is it like watching the static on a television when you just yeah. can't too tired to go to bed and you just watch? <laughs> yes. yeah, that, yeah, I know what you mean because sometimes I do that yeah. when I'm copying data and you just sit and watch it ticking, ticking, ticking. 
And then you go back to your previous old phones where I've got like 15 watt and 18 watt charge yes. and you think, good grief, you're joking, aren't you? That'd be like watching paint dry, yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And the other thing was that I um, ditched, I tried really hard, I'll cover this in Tech Addicts at the weekend, but I tried really hard to use this big posh mouse, this MX um, uh, Master 3 mouse. And um, I just couldn't get on with it. It was too big. So I've gone back to my little one, and I'm so much more at home with it. This is a Logitech MX, a Logitech MX Anywhere 2S. The only downside it's got is it's got micro USB charging. But it, uh, th- that's all right, because it was very cheap anyway. So I don't know how you do Mises, but I found that I, Gareth talked me into buying this bigger one, which has got loads more functionality on it. Um, but it's just too big and every time if i move my hand away from the mouse to go back to the keyboard i caught the top of it because over the last 25 years or whatever i've been so used to a mouse being that size i suppose it's um a kind of muscle memory thing isn't it but yeah do you use a big or a small mouse i have a mouse that i absolutely swear by i've used it forever and i couldn't be seen dead without one and it's an mx master (laughs) it's the big one it's the But you know what it is? I'm just thinking, I was about to say, hang on, Ted, you're a big man with big hands. But come to think of it, I'm a tall man with skinny fingers, which means my hand sort of slides into and onto it. And when I lift my hand up, I don't catch the mouse. I can imagine somebody with larger hands is likely to catch the mouse on the way up. Yeah, Yeah, I suppose so. But I also find that as I've got older, I've just got more clumsy. Like... If I move my hand across the draining board, instead of it clearing anything sticking up, I'll catch it. OK, yeah. And I, and I never used to do that. And I think that's, that's part of the age. I process. think that is, because as you say, muscle memory. I mean, I'm, now that I'm looking at my mouse and talking to you, I do feel that my hand sort of, sort of lands on the mouse like a plane on a runway at a certain angle. And always does. So I think, yeah, yeah, you're right. I think, and if you have a, if you're used to a diddly mouse, you know that you can just kind of splat your hand down on top of it and there it will be. Exactly. I remember the other day I I caught my hand on this tin of baking soda as I was trying to grab something else. And uh, that, that, that was a link. And you missed it. You. you oh, sorry. Up. I was just thinking you're becoming a clumsy. <laughs> f- <laughs> yeah, I am becoming a clumsy. F- but <laughs> my right this week, I um, was looking at an article about how to fix scratched glasses. Right. Right. So on your glasses. Well, in the old days when we used to have glass glasses, um, it was quite difficult to get scratches out of them. But then I remembered when reading this um, article about baking soda. OK. Yes. And with plastic, it works as well, because I used to do this on on the back of, you, you, you know, on the back of um, uh, DSLR cameras. It's, it's got a, a screen. Yes, I have one on right. mine. Yes, yes. Exactly. <clears throat> well, if you do this trick with the baking soda, it works really well on those. Now, I'm not saying that it doesn't make lots of little scratches on there, which you can't see, but they're there anyway. And I'm not sure how it yeah. works, but it, but it does tend to get scratches out. So you get um, a spoonful of baking soda, mix it with warm water, and you make it into a paste, basically. So it's like toothpaste, basically. Yes. Then get a cotton ball <clears throat> ball, and then just circular motions, and just work your way across whatever the... It could be a watch, or a... Or a I, 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 I dread to say a, a phone, because they're probably um, a bit different, aren't <laughs> There'll they? be letters. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, but then, <clears throat> and then just rinse it off in the usual way. And it, and it works really, really well. I've done, the, I've done this myself. 
Um, so, yeah, scratched glass or plastic, I think, particularly, um, you can get rid of those little scratches. It's basically very, very ultra-fine sanding, isn't it? It's the same technique they use to restore yeah. paint on cars. You're just taking away a very, very, very micro-thin layer of whatever right. it is, in this case the plastic, down to the level of the scratch, and the scratch is gone. Right. You see, I'm not just an idiot in the corner yeah, sometimes. Yeah. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right, anyway, there you go then. So a method that you could try for cleaning... Well, I, th I think it works, I'm not sure about glass, um, but it certainly works on plastic. I suppose it won't work on glass unless you, you'd have to have something a lot stronger than baking powder because you'd have to be sanding glass. Oh, now my phone yes. alarm's going off. How unprofessional is that? Oh, In the middle word. of a podcast, I shall turn on. off my phone alarm and I shall tell you all about portable tyre inflators. Uh -huh. This is the One Pro 150 PSI portable tyre inflator. I can't claim I brung brunged it myself. I'm not quite sure who did. But it says here in my show notes... If if you need a small, compact, portable tyre inflator, the One Pro created by the engineers at Oak and Iron might definitely be worth checking out, as it features a unique digital display, a 0 to 150 PSI system, and a 28-inch air hose and real-time pressure gauge. Mm. It was launched by Kickstarter, and early pledges are now available from £82, which is 33% off the retail price. Now, I looked at this, and... My first thought is that looks really sexy. I actually it looks almost like a like a Marshall speaker. <laughs> it's yeah. a lovely little thing. Then I thought to myself, well, how little is it? And I could not find anywhere the dimensions. So I don't know if this is one of those tricks of the eye where you look at this thing and you go, oh, that's cute. I'll have one. And when it arrives, it's the size of a hot air balloon. I don't know. Size of an elephant. Yes, but it does look really, really lovely. It looks beautifully designed, um, really, really fun to look at. And if it is a, a decent sort of relatively small size that you can uh, lift and carry and get in and out of your car with ease, then I'm, I'm all for this. I think this is lovely. And if I drove as much now as I used to, I think I'd want one. You're right. I can't see the sizing. It's got a handle on the top of it as if it's like, you know, about six or eight yeah, inches. Yeah, which, which would make it so cute and lovely, lovely, lovely. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's a real faux pas on the part of these, uh, whoever's putting this up on, on Kickstarting, not to give the dimensions. You'd yeah. think that would be somewhat critical. Yeah. Um, it's got USB-C charging as well. Oh, Hurrah. you see, it's it's gorgeous. Yeah, there's a couple of people that jumped in the group when I posted this and said they want one. Chris Kelly's backed it, the, the Kickstarter thingy. Right. He says that it's something I've been looking for to carry on the bike. Ian Barson said it looks interesting. I used to have a ring compressor that ran via the cigarette lighter in the car, recently deceased. deceased. Having something portable that pumps up a tyre quickly would be really useful. If I had to pump a tyre up on my truck, for example, um, when I got a puncture, I would be waiting all day um, with uh, other solutions. I was using a cigarette lighter powered compressor the danger is as soon as i buy one the rest of the family will want one too <laughs> and i'll be expected to pay for all of them <laughs> well it does look really cute though doesn't it ian chris have you managed to ascertain the size of this because mm. i'm becoming slightly tempted now and i mean and at that price 33 percent off if you back it yeah. um wow yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm tempted but hesitant, not knowing how big it is. There we are. If it's, if it's too big, you see, Chris on his motorbike, it might be a bit more problematic. Yes. 
it might be a boot of a car job. Anyway, yeah, let, let us know if you find out how big it is. Fabulous. Thank you very much, guys. And Ian's back um, on leg cramps. Now, I can sympathise with this because it's something what I get as well. Ian says, when I do a long mountain walk, well, I don't do that, carrying a load because I want <laughs> to camp on a summit, I often find I get bad leg cramps when I stop and get into my sleeping bag. I don't get cramps when I act when actually slogging up the mountain. No, I don't think one would get cramps mid-exercise. Mid if I have done a hard bike ride, I often get bad leg cramps when I'm in bed. These are bad enough for me to jump out of bed until the muscle becomes <laughs> relaxed again. I know this, Ted. I, as you know, I, I, I work with a friend in the gym and I go in the gym a couple of times a week and he puts me through my paces. And sometimes I can be lying in bed at night and all of a sudden it's, oh my God, oh Jesus, oh, ow, oh, and you have to get up very, very quickly and stretch yeah. out your leg. And it's always made me wonder what would happen if you were on a plane and it was exactly at the moment of yeah, takeoff. Yeah. I think you'd have to stand up. I think there'd be nothing for it. Um, yeah. <clears throat> sorry, Ian goes on and says, I never get cramps when I'm actually walking or cycling. No, as I say, I, I mean, I haven't been told this, but I think I presume that when you're actually using the muscle and the muscle is being put into, ten into tension and compression back and forth, it wouldn't be able to cramp during that point. Can anyone there was, an old, oh. there was an old wives' tale that said it was to do with salt. Do you remember that? Yes, that I do remember if that. You, if, you, if you got cramps, you didn't have enough yeah, salt. Yeah, I, 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 I have been told that. I don't know whether there is anything to it. But um, no. no, Ian concludes with, can anyone explain this? Well, Ian, Ted and I are doing our best. And I would have thought that it's simply, as I say, because while you're you, the, I think the reason a muscle cramps is because it's at rest and therefore it begins to spasm and to cramp up. Whereas when the muscle isn't at rest and it's busy walking Ian up a, up a mountain or helping Aidan to be in the gym, then it, it's, it can't cramp while it's being used because, of course, how you get rid of a cramp is by using it. The way to get rid of the cramp is to bend and stretch and move the muscle so that it stops cramping. Which is one of the points that Roger North is making, I think. The, the only way, the thing that works for him is a proper warm-up before exercise. Mm -hmm. Dynamic warm-up, not stretching, like running on the spot, lunges and star jumps, etc. And spending time on stretches afterwards too, ideally straight away or after a hot shower or bath, but can be at any time before you go to bed. So, yeah, that's an, uh, an interesting... I concur point. with that. Certainly the stretching afterwards, yeah. I think, helps, yes. Yeah. Matt Jones has an interesting one. He says, have you ever tried pickle juice? I've always <laughs> had cramps in my calves, says Matt, and a few years What's ago... I juice? don't know. It's, it's something that's pickled. It's juice that's been pickled. And I, <laughs> I have a few years... Oh, you've, thrown, you've lost me completely. I'll start that again. Matt Jones says, I've always had cramps in my calves, and a few years ago I got them in my sides. Oh, that's bad. I tried the old wife's tale of a quick swig of pickled onion vinegar. Bizarrely, oh. it worked. No one understands exactly why it works as the electrolyte content appears to be ruled out. But it supposedly it might be something to do with a brief shock to the nervous system. Well, yeah, if you're swigging yeah. vinegar, that would be enough to give you a <laughs> shock, wouldn't it? Yeah. I take a zinc and magnesium supplement for other reasons, and the night cramps are far way less frequent when I take that. Yeah. I mean, I think the zinc magnesium, I can certainly see some logic in that. I'm not sure about the pickle juice. I wonder if there's a placebo effect there. <laughs> also, it occurs to me that, you know, the way to get rid of a cramp is movement, is to just move the muscle. If I get a cramp and I get up and I grab my pickle juice and I drink it, well, the cramp is going to go away because the action of getting up and going to the pickle juice and, you know, that's going to make the muscles... I'm not By sure. By the time you get yeah, there. Yeah, I wonder if there's a placebo effect going on there. But, um, hey, whatever works. 
Just what yeah, is? Yeah. I still want to know what pickle juice is. I mean, we're assuming yeah. it's vinegar. Well, I, well, further on when you went through what he said, it, I think it became oh a bit pickled more pickled onion pickled onion ah, vinegar. Ah yes, yes, so, okay. So if you if you got onions in vinegar. Then it's the juice that they've been in for the last oh, six years. I see. Pickle juice. <laughs> oh, 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 no, I think I'd prefer the cramps. <laughs> yeah, we'll come, to, we'll come to a bit more of this um, electrolyte thing a bit later on, because um, Ian was talking about that on the last show. Yeah. And it might be re- well be related to this. In the meantime, thank you, Matt and Roger and Ian, for that. Anyway, very interesting. Absolutely, topic. thank you. Because I've had cramp as well, and it's a bit of a, it is really, really painful. Isn't it? Um, it's not life-threatening, but it's just really horrible to have. Um, anyway, um, so, um, a new pair of flip-flops. Ah, yes. Meet the Link Flip Shoe. So, the, I've, I've linked to a, um, a short video in the, um, in the show notes, and I'll add that to it, which shows that these flip-flops are a completely radical new design, and they're more like little buckets that you put your feet <laughs> yes, in. Yes, they are. Yes, yes. Yeah, and they've got these kind of edges around. It's really, on an audio podcast, this is going to be the worst item to try and describe, but it's, sort of, it's got kind of edges around it, like they clamp around your feet, and you put your foot in inside these clamps and then with the downward pressure it kind of closes around your foot from all directions and if you look at the video it actually makes it look really really interesting they, they reckon they're breathable and, and you know all the all the rest of it yeah. a bit like crocs i suppose but but a very just a clever design and um yeah have a look at the link in the show notes good people and the video and you'll see what we're talking about here it's um just a bit hard to describe and i think in the weather we're having at the moment ideal and of course they'd be waterproof as well yeah i i must confess <clears throat> i found the first link confusing and i couldn't tell from the pictures exactly what it was and how it worked and then you very kindly found that video ted which yeah. does explain it very well and yeah i think this is intriguing Again, it really falls into the category of, well, I really want a pair, but I don't think I'd ever wear them. So what would be the point? Yeah. But I, well, you might down the, down the beach or something. Yes, except I'm allergic to beaches. <laughs> you wouldn't catch me on a beach. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think this is really rather clever. And you know what, Ted? I have to put in as a side note, equally clever, is that you, linked the, you kindly linked the video for me in our show notes. And you said, oh, I've, got, I've cropped the beginning because the intro is not so important. How did you do this? You've sent me a link to a YouTube video. And when you click the link, you not only get the YouTube video, you get the video starting at the point designated by Mr. Ted Salmon. I'll show you how to do it if you like. And this could be a a good whatever works if people don't know. Click on the link now and go to the video. Yes, sir. And then and then stop it running. Yes, sir. So it doesn't blind and bombard you. Yes, sir. Then underneath there, underneath the title, there's a share button. Yes, you click on the share button, and then down the bottom it says "Start at." How clever! Now, if you, and if you start, if you if you stop the video where you want it to start from, you can click that button, and, and the link they give you then starts it from that position. I've learned a thing today, Ted. Well, fan them. Thank you very much indeed. No problem. I shall move I thought, on. <laughs> I thought everyone in the world knew that. Oh, come on. The things you know about the internet and mobile phones and technology. No problem. You'd need two postage stamps. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, yes, it is a useful tip. Thank you, Ted. Ian Barton, once again, brings us under desk cable management. Oh, blimey, blimey, we've all been there, yes. Mm. Ian says, I want to tidy up the mess of cables on and under my desk. Rooting them under my L-shaped desk seems like a good idea. 
I would prefer something that doesn't need screwing into the desk. There are loads of different ones on Amazon, but can anyone recommend one? And good old Chris Kelly came to the rescue recommending the Underdesk Cable Management Tray, which is 28 of our finest British pounds and is basically a sort of metal rack that hangs or, or clamps from or to the, the desk. And then you've got a sort of gutter running along the desk uh, yeah. along which you can put your cables. So that was a good start. Thank you, Chris. Um, we used to, When I was at work, we used to um, have this solution that had these kind of plastic spirally thingies and you and you got a handful of your cables together and you put you, you put it you, you just wound it I around know these the, I've the had bundle, fun with these know? in the past oh yes and, and you and then you just cut them to length and they're really cheap I, I've linked to one here that's 21 meters long Ooh. and it's 8.99 and you just cut cut it where you want the, the only problem with it is is that you if you <clears> want to take one of the wires out it's a real fiddle because you've got to kind of start again, basically. Um, so you've got to make sure that you want to... Good grief. I've just seen a photograph <laughs> of the, behind your desk. I hope you're going to put that in the media group. Yeah, I shall way. certainly put this on the group when we're discussing it. This is... I, I've written in our show notes. Or, on the other hand, sometimes all hope is gone. Uh, I've got a picture that I found of when I last pulled my desk away from the wall a couple of two or three or four years ago and really I mean you look at that and you just think that's not worth it is it let's just go and work in Tesco's <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, that, must, that, that must be very dangerous surely <laughs> well I, I suppose it was I'm glad to say past tense because I did pretty well clear a lot of that up and it's not as bad as it looks in that picture these days um yeah but I'm still alive so <laughs> yeah yeah that's that is such a spaghetti junction isn't it I I've never seen anything like it. I don't yeah, think. and the worst but... thing is when you when something goes wrong and you have to crawl under there with a torch and try to find yeah. your way around to yeah, work yeah. out what it is that's gone wrong that you need to replace or repair. Yeah, <clears throat> good. Yeah, so Ian, yeah. Ian, get on top of it now because you don't <laughs> want to end up where I was. Right, OK, then. Um, talking of desks, let's move on to still using. A jingle! Still using and still And my one that I'm still using is that thing that I brought to Whatever Works 102 in March 2020. It's about 25 quid now. And it's a bamboo, I don't know if it's bamboo, it's more like pine actually, desk storage organiser. And it's really, really good. Um, and I still use it because the, the, the unique feature about it is that it's made in two sections that slide left and right. So, again, there's another item you'll have to see by clicking on the link to see how it works. But basically, you can make it as big or as small as you want to. If you want to close it right up and make it really compact, yes. you, you, you get away from some of the space. You're losing some of the space. But you can do that for a small area. Or you can pull it out and make it really quite wide, like about three foot wide. It's a, it's a desktop bookcase almost um, and it's just really nifty. I don't know if you remember me bringing that. Fiendish and I do Ted because you got me onto a bamboo thing and I've actually got right. on my desk a couple, I've got a little um, notepad holder and a couple of pen pots made of bamboo which I remember being inspired to find through your purchase of this because this is a yeah. little bigger than I would need on my desk but I was very taken with the colour and the sort of, as you say the sort of pine bamboo look of it 
Um, and if you look, and if you look at the second picture on the on the Amazon yes. page, you can see that you can just make it. Or you, you can put it on the and, it. and it looks as if it's attached to the wall there. Oh no, it is on exactly. a desk. I'm not, I'm not sure. Can, you can do what you like with yeah. it. Yeah. And if and if you put it in a position where you want to, it to stay forever, you could then put some screws through it in the the joint and and say right, that's where I'm yes. going to use it, and that you know, so it doesn't then risk sliding about and what have you. It's a really nifty little device, and it's um, works in corners as well, and recommended, um, even if it's not as cheap as it was when I... I why does it say bamboo? It's not bamboo. It is. is. It? No, I think it is. It is bamboo. Is it? Yeah, I, don't ask me how. Chris Kelly will know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But that's very nice, Ted, and with our energy crisis approaching, it burns longer as well in the winter if you don't want it anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. I'm still using... <laughs> Um, as in December 2019, my Synology One Bay Desktop NAS enclosure. I had to learn at the oh, time yeah. that a NAS drive is basically your own private cloud. I have a uh, it's a hard drive that sits in a caddy next to my router into the room. Uh, it's connected to my computer over the network, and what it does is it gives me three fabulous functions. It serves to um, as a backup, it's a backup of the computer in another room. So if my computer catches fire or God knows what, I've got a complete backup on another on a disc in a different part of the house. It gives me access to my PC wherever I am because it's backing up my data, but it's constantly connected to the web. So with an app on my phone with secure um, encryption to get in and out, of course, I am able to access within reason all the data that I choose from my computer while the computer is switched off and I'm anywhere in the world, which I think is wonderful. And thirdly, it, it acts as a cloud storage for me. So if I need to send somebody a hefty amount of data, I don't have to worry about using Google Drive or Dropbox or We Send It or whatever it is. I just bung it on my NAS drive and create a link and send it to the person and say, there you are, download it. Um, I'm very happy with it. I've been using it for what? Ooh, going on two years now. And so far, touch wood, no problems. And I'm very pleased. Very good. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's your own personal server. You don't really need the internet if you've got one of these. You just make your own server. And the only trouble is you've got to have it turned on all the time. Yes, yeah. So yeah. it's no good if it's off. I don't know if it's a server. I don't know enough about IT to know if I'd call it a server. But I mean, it's basically just, it's a cloud. It's, it's Aiden's personal cloud. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's my it's, own it's data cloud. Ser- it's a server in the sense that it's, it, it, it's what Google do. Um, with their servers, yes. but it's in your house, yes, and it's on a much smaller scale, and so people wanting to access it, yes, say, can just. But as I say, you, you've got to have it turned. And also, on. my sister in out in Cyprus, uh, she has direct access to a shared folder on it. So basically, I have a folder on my computer, which is effectively on her computer in Cyprus. So we can just put files in and out without even thinking about using any kind of any kind of transfer. She just puts a file in her computer in the relevant folder, and up it pops on my machine. Indeed, as long as it's turned on. It's always turned on. I never turn it off. It's on 24-7. Yeah. yeah. I, I have that with Plex because my, my data for my Roku is held on my computer. And um, when I go to bed at night, I turn my computer off. And if I do that too early, I can't get to the Plex stuff. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, f- I found that. I mean, I have a certain back backup set up for certain times a day. And I have to make sure, I, as you say, you give the computer long enough to do its housekeeping before you switch it off. Indeed. And that is certainly not completely pointless. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, may I present a new jingle? Completely. completely. 
pointless. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. You do like your oh, jingles. Oh dear. Don't you? Uh, no, did, I think we mentioned this on the last show, didn't we? New section, completely pointless. We put on here things that are just um, completely pointless. Now I do accept that you can argue that anything is not pointless, but it's just for fun. Um, well, you'll get the idea in a minute. What, what's your? Well, it is, one? and I, I have to, to to solidify what you just said because you know, being one of the world's most pedantic people. Uh, whatever anybody brings to this section, I will put up my little hand and say, ah, oh, yes, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's good for this and that. Yeah, and that, so, yeah. I mean, as you say, it's it's simply a bit of fun. And my bit of fun, I will christen completely pointless with Izal. Now, does that mean anything to any of you? I-Z-A-L. Oh, yeah. If you Google Izal, I tell you what you'll see. You will see a roll of tracing paper, toilet paper. Do you Ooh. remember when we were kids? And the new paper at school, and it was in public places as well. I don't get it. It was, it had no absorbency. We used to use it literally as tracing paper. I remember as a kid using this toilet paper, placing it on over something and tracing and drawing with a pen on it. It was, I mean, it was the most unsuitable toilet paper on the planet. Completely pointless. It was. I I, th- I do agree with you, and I remember this very clearly. And people um, used to avoid needing to use the toilet at school. Um, try really hard to wait or to do it before yes. you go because it was just. Horrible. I mean, without giving you more information than you want, it didn't absorb. It simply moved no. everything around and smeared everything everywhere instead of actually helping to clear anything up. I remember the the technique that that got the best from it was to get it in your hand and scrunch it up, scrunch it up until you you couldn't scrunch it anymore. So it was it was covered in little folds, and that was the best chance you had for it to do. Yeah, anything. horrible, horrible stuff. <laughs> just disgusting. completely useless. I, I can't imagine. I suppose it's come from wartime. That's my guess. Is that during the Second World War they didn't have. You know, they they had to just kind of find things that yes, were cheap to yes. produce, and that that's my guess. I I don't know. I've not looked into it, but anyway, yeah, that I I, I agree. That is very nearly completely pointless. But you but you did you were doing tracing with it, so it wasn't pointless. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. There you go, you see. I mean, it, it, it puts me in mind of, you know, the expression the wrong end of the stick is because, you know, before yeah. there was toilet paper, we used to use sticks and you didn't want yeah, to get the yeah. wrong end of the stick. So I suppose, yeah. you know, if you offered me a roll of Izal or a stick, <laughs> I think I might go for the Izal. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, how about this one? Diet water. <laughs> about nine months ago, um, sorry, in, in 2004, for about nine months, apparently a Japanese company called Sapporo sold bottles of diet water oh. for um equivalent of five pound a bottle oh. they marketed the water as being absolutely free of any calories allowing the drinker to lose <laughs> weight easily like never before and this is just like what so again you could you could argue that it, it's not pointless because you could drink it as water yes but then you can drink water out exactly and you could also so. argue that it wasn't pointless for the company because they're making a killing uh, yeah, through yeah. selling ordinary water snake oil water but oh, goodness. I think we're, we're sabotaging this before we're starting aren't we uh, no because we're De- having declaring fun declaring completely pointless not pointless no 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 and it was a, it was an excuse to make a new jingle so what the heck hey <laughs> diet water for goodness sake Oh, one more before we leave this section is silent LPs. And there was a silent LP. Now, what was the rationale behind this? I can't remember now. It was to, oh yeah, it was to, to, to aid meditation. 
how ridiculous is that? You buy this uh, record, you put it on your turntable, you put the stylus on it, you turn up the volume, and there's no sound, and it aids meditation. <laughs> right. Well, now you see, this is where I'm going to come storming in and be devil's advocate. I've played along with the first two. I like this one because, as you say, you turn it on, you put the record on, you put the needle on. You're going through a ritual. And even if you don't get any music coming out, you still go through a ritual. So I can sort of kind of see that one. Oh, yeah, this is the um, related back to the cramp, I reckon, in a kind of roundabout way. So on the last show, um, Ian Barton recommended these electrolytes. That's right, well, if yes. The, if the weather's hot, then have some of these electrolyte thingies um, and it will stop you feeling crap in the heat. Um, so I got some in. They were they were kind of cheap enough, cheapest chips. They were four quid. Um, although, yeah, look at pricing because different flavors are different prices. So, but yeah, you can get them under a fiver. Um, and I on on the only hot day between now between then and now that I could test this out, I did take one. I put a tablet of this into my five hundred mils of water. As Ian said, make sure you have the exact right amount of water, and I did. And um, so I drank this thing, and I didn't notice any difference, really. Yeah. I, but I, I did wonder if it was... You know, we, we've just heard about Ian and his trekking around the um, the world and going up mountains and, 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 and bombarding his muscles. Maybe this is not designed for the likes of me, who loafs around and doesn't do much. It's, it's for people who are likely to get hot... Um, doing exercise and going out there, like you at the gym. I mate. think you're right, Ted. I think this is for when you are actively using your Sorry, body more than you understand. would... Hello? Oh, Google just spoke. Oh, Google's, right, Google's talking to me. How dare... Shut up! <laughs> I'm speaking. How dare you? How very dare you? Where was I? Yeah, this is for when you're using your muscles, when you're really actively working hard. It's to help you to maintain the levels of yeah. sodium and, and whatever it is and hydration in your body. So I think, yeah, it's not it's not for lazy kids like you and me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I've got 19 tablets left, so I'm not going to waste them. <laughs> I'll wait for the next hot day. Yes, yeah, all right. I'll send them over to me. I'll wear, I'll, I'll, I was going to say I'll wear them. I'll wear them when I go to the gym. I want one. I want one. I want one. I want one of those. Oh, right. I want something this week. Well, I, I, I do and I don't. I, you know, I did until I researched it. Then I changed my mind. But I realised I oh. like the concept more than the product. What I found was Ray-Ban Stories. They're basically glasses with a camera in. Nothing new in that, I hear you shout. Well, that's the point. I got excited thinking, oh, Ray-Bans with cameras. That sounds great fun. And then I watched a YouTube video and then I noticed during the course of that that there are a lot of other companies doing the same thing. And I realised that if I seriously wanted to buy one, I probably wouldn't get Ray-Bans. I'd get something else. I know Bose do one, for instance. Um, But the concept is still fun. I don't think it's useful or serious or necessary but I think it would be a lot of fun to have a pair of glasses that has a camera in. Uh, They also play back audio apparently you can use them as a Bluetooth phone uh, attachment so you can just, you know, be one of these idiots who's walking down the road talking to himself because you're making a phone call. Um, Then of course you wouldn't want to wear sunglasses all the time so every time you wanted to benefit from having a camera on your glasses you'd have to put sunglasses on even if it was a rainy day so rainy days do you remember those we used to have them didn't we oh, yeah. <laughs> so rainy. i don't you know i i'm i'm sort of 
praising it and, and slagging it in, in equal measure. I think it's a fun idea. It's one of those things I'd love to borrow a pair for a day and just go around you know, incognito filming everything I see. I, I like the, the the catchphrase, capture the memory as you live it, hear it as it happens, whatever that means, share it with the world. Well, no, I wouldn't want to share it with the world. I, not in the slightest, <laughs> not, the, not the things I might see in my day. But um, yeah, I think it would just be fun. It's it's just fun to, to think that you're wearing glasses and you're just going about your daily business. But if you just reach your hand up and tap the side of your face, whatever you're seeing at that moment will be captured for posterity. There's something fun in that. We were talking about these on Tech Addicts last week because they brought out this ridiculously huge pair of these. I think it's Xiaomi that did it. And they brought out this ludicrous pair right. of these that look, they look as though they're, um, they're, they should be used in an industry, in a factory, not, not down the pub. That was the one thing the guy said who was reviewing the Ray-Bans. He said the real plus point was that they were the same size and shape and look of regular Ray-Bans. So at least yeah, in yeah. this case, you wouldn't know you were wearing tech. No, and and also Google Glass. Yeah. Not yes. And they and they got into terrible trouble for that yeah. because people just were people were getting punched in the face because they didn't want to be filmed, um, and and they 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 withdrew. Oh the yeah, whole I mean project. I can see these are a paedophile's dream, aren't they? I mean well, there yeah. really could there could be some serious serious issues if these become mainstream. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't thinking of paedophiles, but that probably says more about you than me. <laughs> We'll move on swiftly there, Mr. Salmon. But no, I think it is fun. I think it, you know, I think it, a fun toy to play with, but not something I would want to spend anything close to £300 on, which is the going price of the Ray-Bans. Um, as I say, as I often say on the show, something I'd love to just play with for a couple of hours and then return. Very good. Right. OK, a couple of um, I want one of those from me is a, a new kind of modular duffel bag, which, um, again, I'll click through to the, um, the the Kickstarter thingy. And there's a, a video Im embedded in that page for those who want to have a look at it. It shows how it works and it's really quite clever. Um, and it's got all sorts of tricks up its sleeve. You can wear it as a backpack. You can carry it as um, carry-on luggage. You can you can use it as a... It's got... In each end of it, it's got um, sections for shoes. It's got um, a, a flight bag um, embedded in the other end of it. Um, it. You can use it as a shoulder bag, and the, the, the shoulder bag attachments are hidden away in pockets until you want to use them. And, yeah, it's just really, really flexible, and really neat looking and well well thought out um and i don't know how much they want i'm just having each. a look while you speak i think it's um early pledges from roughly 239 us dollars which is about 199 uh, pounds so 200 quid okay. 200 pounds so it's, so it's not outrageously priced no. but it's it's enough um, but it's yeah, it just looks really, really well thought out with all sorts of zips and locks and pockets and and designs and ways you can use it and um, it just looked really, really neat. So I, I think I would um, like one of those. <laughs> but you never go anywhere, Ted. You'd ha you'd have to quiet. buy yourself a couple of flight be tickets quiet. to go with it. <laughs> just be quiet at the back. <laughs> Settle down now. And secondly, when I go to Germany... Oh, with your backpack, yep, yep. I, I will use the, the duffel bag um, because I want to go and... Ham, I, want to, I want a clear audio 
um, reference Jubilee turntable. It cost ah. £17,500. <coughs> Excuse me? And there's this, this German company called Clear Audio. They they brought one of these out in the 1970s oh. or late 70s. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, I mean, I, you can go through the technicalities of what it does and what what's great about it and all the rest of it. But to my mind, it's just about design. Yes. And it just looks gorgeous. It looks like something you'd have in you know in your lounge and and as as soon as anyone comes in it's the first thing they'd head for good grief look at that that is gorgeous i want one and i want one of those so um yeah linking the show notes to that it just looks like a million dollars and it isn't do you remember um some while ago we brought some very very expensive speakers onto the show and we said again that they they probably cost a lot more than they need to but they're very very beautiful i mean to have the money to be able to have this turntable connected up to a phenomenal amp and then those speakers that we've had before good you've got planes going over now as well I think um, I think Putin's invading. All roads lead to Ted Salmon. Goodness. Yeah, it's not a train. It's a bloomin' plane. <laughs> They're all heading for planes, trains and automobiles, <laughs> heading your way. No, to uh, be able to have this turntable and a set of speakers such as the ones we've had in the past would be such fun, wouldn't it? It certainly would. And that just looks gorgeous. I encourage... Um, listeners to get to click through and have a look at the just look at the picture of it and say who wouldn't want that you'd start a record collection just you would but you'd have to win the lottery (laughs) to pay for it Uh, yes better before oh still one of my favorite jingles and I, I didn't actually play it for the sake of the jingle. I played it because something happened. That, well, you know me. I tend to just put the jingle in and then find something to shoehorn in. But this was genuine. I walked through the living room the other day and there was a programme on a night. I think my mother was watching a 90s comedy programme or something. And somebody said the word Swarfiga. Ooh, and I yeah. thought, oh, haven't heard that word in years. Now, you know what that means, I'm sure. I wonder yeah. how, how many of our dear listeners remember Swarfiga. In fact, I say remember, you can still buy it. Of course, I jumped straight onto Amazon, and indeed, you can still buy it. Not in a lovely metal tin, as you used to in days of all, but um, now it's just in a screw, you know, screw-lid plastic thing. But it's Swarfiga. It's a hand cleaner. It's a phenomenally wonderful hand cleaner. It's a gunk in a jar. It's like sort of jelly. And when you've been working on your car or you've got glue or paint or whatever it is on your hands that you think, oh, that's going to be there for days, you go to your Swarfiga, you take a good gunk of Swarfiga out of this thing, you rub it in your hands for a little while and you work it through and you work on the particularly nasty bits and then you wash it off and voila, hands that you, you know, soft as a baby's bottom. I remember the stuff. We used to have a tin in the house all the time. And I mean, you know, times have changed. I lost our father 12 years ago and, you know, I sort of learned my Swarfiganess from him. Um, and it's just sort of gone. And I, I thought of it as well this week. Um, I would working, I think people may know, I have runway lights outside because we have a steep driveway that I have to reverse down. I've got a strip of LED lights and a switch in the car. I'm sure I've talked about it on the show. And I had to go out and do some work on that and stick the lights down again. So I got myself in a bit of a mess with the epoxy resin and should have put gloves on and didn't and got quite sticky hands and I had to make do with washing up liquid and I had to do about sort of three or four iterations of really scrubbing with this washing up liquid to try and get rid of this epoxy from my hands and I thought oh if only I'd had some Swarfiga you can buy it it's five pounds 25 so almost cheap as chips from our favorite store 
Um, and I'm very, very, very tempted to buy a tin, and, or, or not a tin in this case, a plastic thing. Um, yeah, Swarfiga, memories of old, good, good, good memories, good, good memories. You, did, did you used to use Swarfiga, Ted? Do you still have an old tin in the garage? I don't know, but when I was a kid growing up, my dad um, did an apprenticeship as a, a motor uh, mechanic, and so he was always repairing um, friends' cars, our own car, you know, and all the rest of it. So he was always under the bonnet. And um, yet, yeah, same as you, I, I've got very clear memories. When we'd finished, you know, I was assisting him and all the rest of it. And when we'd finished, we would be both both dip, dip, digging into this green, um, this green jelly and doing exactly what you just described. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I remember it very clearly. I, I'm not sure if I knew it was still for sale or not. I guess people don't get their hands... Well, if you worked in a garage or something, I suppose you would, but um, perhaps we just don't get our hands so I dirty. suppose it is. Maybe it's part and parcel of, you know, I've, I bemoan from time to time. I wonder how many people actually know how to change a plug. And yeah. I suppose it's just that we're not hands-on anymore, as, as, as yeah. you know... You're, Hello. We don't get. We don't get old standby. We've Hello. Got, uh, is that your phone ringing at you now? We got. We got a an incoming text message. Oh, okay. Well, while in you're the shape, <laughs> in the shape of um, in the shape of REM. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, oh, you throw me completely there. But I'm, actually, I'm very disappointed indeed to say I was about to say to you, I've just bought a tin and it's temporarily out of stock at Amazon now, so I'm going to have to go looking for it. Oh, right. But, um, I think you can buy it in places like Halfords. Yeah, in which case I will, if there are any Halfords left. Right, um, okay. Because talking to you now has really put me in mind that we should have some Swarfiga in the house. There we are. Much, much better before. Yeah, that was um, that text message was from this very kind lady who was trying to get us some powdered milk. I don't know what it is about powdered milk at the moment, and it's a bit of a whatever works, room 101 even, because you it's really hard to get powdered milk, which we use, my mum uses, for making bread. It's one of the ingredients of bread making. Really? Yeah. I never really heard of that. Goodness. Yeah, okay. Ever so difficult to get. We, we ordered some from Sainsbury's um, on the delivery, and they just don't turn up. They just don't have them. And a friend of mine has just gone to Asda, um, which is what that message was about. And she said, she just sent me a message saying, nope, they haven't got any. So obviously it's um, something that's grown in the Ukraine. Ah, OK. Oh, interesting. But um, hey, while you were doing that, I am delighted to say I have found Swarfiga on Amazon. Ah. Um, the, the one that I'd linked to was no longer available. But I've just bought a pair. A, a pair. I've just bought a <laughs> pot of Swarfiga. And, ladies and gentlemen, it was... <laughs> because it only cost £4.75. <laughs> so it's cheap as chips as well as being better before. Brilliant. Two birds, one... Swarfiga. <laughs> interesting history. I'll link to the wiki page in the show notes because there's a bit of an interesting history about when it was um, it, when it was uh, invented in 1947 and um, what the inventor also invented as well. So do have a look at that. Oh, okay, thank you very much. Right, Ian Chapel is first. Yes, Sadmin. Sadmin. Have, have you heard of that? I've sadmin. never heard of sadmin. It's not admin, it's sadmin, because this term sadmin is being applied to um, people who um, 
have, are trying to sort out um, people's affairs after their death. Okay, right. And this particular um, item was about this th- this person's um, mother had died, and Vodafone wouldn't engage with anyone except the dead mother oh. about closing the account. Yes, and they, they this this story. I'll link to it in the show notes. It, it, it went so far as them sending around the ba- the the bailiffs and and actually taking them to court and blah blah blah. And they said, "Well, hang on, she's dead." You know, uh, oh, it doesn't matter. She's still in contract, and Vodafone want their money, oh, and Lord. blah blah blah. Anyway, so apparently that's called sadmin. But people that have to deal with the administration of people after they've died, and Vodafone have now because of because this hit the Guardian, um, they've changed their policy. Yes, they, yeah, they've made oh. a way of doing it. But if but if it hadn't hit the papers, no doubt that would still be going on. And it's not. It's uh, yeah. You need to watch out for that. For um, if you've got elderly relatives, and you you have to. I'm sure Steve had to do stuff like this when his yeah, dad died. I remember when year. my dad died, we had a couple of instances a bit similar to that. And, of course, it was awful for my mother because she was having to say, my husband is dead, you know, which is not something you want to say when he's yeah. only been dead for a short while. So, yeah. yeah, really unfeeling and, yes, absolutely. Room 101 with knobs on. Frank Indeed. Needhart on Dublin's Leap Visitor Card, not, he says, the regular one for residents. He says the idea is great. You have a card for one, three or seven days in Dublin and you can use it on any public transport, including bus, tram and the local commuter train, without worrying. The timing starts at the point of the first use. Now, he says, the bad things. Unlike the residence leap card that you can buy on several hundreds of ticket machines, you can only buy the visitor card at the airport and the headquarters of the Dublin bus company to be sure. The cards are simply... (laughs) There'll be letters. The cards simply expire without the possibility to book additional days on it, contrary to what it says on their website. What makes it even worse is that the official app to plan your journey includes privately operated buses that you have to pay extra for without giving alternative suggestions. (laughs) Oh, I see what they're doing. They're saying, here, take our wonderful card and now we're going to charge you more. Yeah, yeah, not good. I, that sounds a bit like Amazon Prime Video offering you, you know, you, you cough up your Prime and then they say, oh, by the way, um, there's this video we've got, but if you want to watch it, yes, you've got to pay extra. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I've, I, I, I've never played a game in my life, but games do that, don't they? They say, come on in, you've paid, this is the game. Oh, but if you want to do this, you've got to pay extra for that. Yeah. You've got to... yeah, it seems to be common practice, doesn't it? They dangle a carrot and say, here, look at this lovely thing. And as soon as the customer bites, they then say, oh, I'm going to hit you with a stick as well, though. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, anyway, that's um, Dublin done for. I'm glad, Frank. I'm, I'm, I hope you had a nice holiday to Dublin, Frank. I, I guess you're back in Germany now, but um, I hope you had a nice time and got round that tedious travel issue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Matt Jones is last on Room 101 with time hops and flashbacks in TV shows and films. Subtle use of this can be great, he says, but I was watching the latest episode of Better Call Saul this morning and I found myself with virtually every scene change having to remind myself where I was (laughs) in the timeline, who was dead, who was alive, who knew who and what about each other. All a bit confusing and for the first time in the series I felt it detracted a little from the experience. Still... The, sorry, still the best thing on TV, he says, in a long time, referring to Best Call Saul. Yeah. But I do think this particular production technique is too overused lately. Um, and, yeah, I, I do kind of get what you're saying. I, it was, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a technique and a style, isn't it? And um, leaping about timelines is 
a method. Yeah, you should know about this. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. I mean, personally, I also find it a bit irritating. Um, but as we often say with music, television is very subjective, isn't it? One, something that one person is going to love and admire and want to watch all the time, such as me and the bloody West Wing. Another person is going to say, oh, not that again. That's so boring. It it's it's so personal and i mean people christopher nolan the film director you know dunkirk tenet yeah, yeah. famous for absolutely confusing you uh, in timelines and yeah. and he, hugely hugely popular so there is you know it, it's something for everyone isn't it i think it's neither there's no right there's no wrong it's just if you don't like that then what something else and uh, tarantino as well if you remember pulp fiction yes that- I think that you know, in recent years, he 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 repopularized this whole timeline leaping mm-hmm. um, with Pulp Fiction, which was you, you you really didn't have any idea what was going on until you put it all together at the end. Yes, um, and it was uh, yeah, it's a technique, but yeah, I'm not sure if I can put that in Room 101, Matt. Yeah, I, I think that it has a it has um, elements of of style and and. But, um, As yeah, I say, it's, you, it's subjective. I mean, yeah. you know, I wouldn't sit through a Cliff Richard concert if you paid me to, but I appreciate <laughs> that he's a marvellous singer and there are many, many, many people who'd love to and that's fine and respected. Uh, you, you, <laughs> you can't. Well, I mean, I'm just trying to make the point that one man's blood is another man's poison. Yeah, I feel the same about Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Right, I'm giving a gold star to Rodders, 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 Clotted Cream. Well, <laughs> I, I, I dread to think what it's done to our hearts, but this, this week we decided that we were going to have an afternoon. It was my dad's 86th birthday, and we decided we were going to have Sultana scones, which we really like, mum makes them. Um, and raspberry jam and cloth. Well, we, we were just going to have whipped cream. And I said to my mum, why, why don't we get some clotted cream? How do you get clotted cream? What is clotted cream? And I, I really didn't know where you got it or how you made it or whatever. Right. So I, I went down to Tesco, not really with much hope, and I found it on the shelf there. It's a little tub. It's £2.40 for a little tub. But Wow, didn't that take us back to our 1970s ho- holidays <laughs> down in the West Country? Yes. It's, and it's so much nicer. I, as I say, I dread to think what it's doing to us in terms of health, but it, ordinary cream it, it, it's just not a patch on this. It tastes so much nicer. And uh, oh, it's certainly better than that terrible squirty can of oh, cream. Oh, remember, we've talked oh. about that on the show before. Don't yeah. start me on that. And and this stuff is uh, yeah as I say it's quite expensive um, but but it, it's just it takes well it take, it took us back in time and it was a really nice treat to have a a scone in the way that you know you would have got it in the West Country and that that distinctive taste of real clotted cream really enjoyed it and so I'm going to give it a gold star and maybe we'll do that once a year. You'll get solidarity from my mother. She's very, very keen on clotted cream. That's ah. definitely her favourite as well. <laughs> yeah. And it's scone, by the way. Um, <laughs> scone. <laughs> scone. Really? Do you know, I think we're very, very lucky in England with the... I mean, here we've got we've got single cream, double cream, thick, extra thick, whipping, clotted, low fat. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, with friends in Germany have said to me, you are so lucky to have that. Um, you know, I don't know if it's still the case in Germany. Maybe Frank Nietart can tell us. But yeah. it used to be you could buy cream 
and that was it. You know, cream oh, right. or no cream. And that was the choice you had. Uh, and people were always very impressed that in England we have this variety of types and flavours and kinds and sorts of cream. Um, but yes, clotted, absolutely one of the best. Yeah, yeah. Very nice indeed. Now, you may notice I've bunged in our show notes. <laughs> I just I found a picture of Aidan Bell dressed as Santa with his arm round Cliff Richard just to say <laughs> no hard feelings, Cliff. <laughs> Uh, you'll have to put that in the show notes now. in the, in the uh, MeWe group I shall indeed sir. I've got... it's really funny. <laughs> and while Aidan and Cliff fondly embrace I've just got one, t- one more to add and it's going to be a single sentence because we've done it before and I don't want to sound like a stuck record but my mother, she's fine now but she had a small operation last week in hospital everything is fine, thank you um, but I just want to say once again NHS staff are phenomenal one can criticise the system absolutely but the people on the front line are still in at least my mother and my experience phenomenal so gold star for the NHS and that's it yes except the ones that won't feed your relatives unless you go in there and do it yourself yeah oh yes there's always bad apples well, no, I'm no, to be fair that's the system yeah um, not the, not there the you go, it's the system, not yeah. the people. What, where, where, where's that um, photograph? What's the set? Is that a TV studio? Uh, that, oh, the, the Cliff Richard, yes. That yeah, was yeah. me a couple of years ago when I was on Good Morning. Oh, right. Um, okay. and that, yes, and he was there, which was lovely. And, of course, being serious for a moment, it was a very great pleasure to meet him because he is a national treasure, and whether or not one enjoys his music, it was certainly lovely to meet the man and shake his hand um, before either one of us dies. <laughs> I was just I was just reflecting on how old he must be. He, he he's still going, isn't he? And Google, yeah. how old is Cliff Richard? He's eighty-one years old. Oh, is that all? I thought he was a pretty old. And that was a couple of years ago. So, um, okay. oh no, Cliff. I mean, he's he's got a picture somewhere in an attic, hasn't he? I mean, he's incredible. That man's just going to keep on yeah. going and keep on going. I think we're we're done really, and we'll be back in two weeks. Is what's left to say, I suppose. Whateverworks.works is our website. As I said earlier, do head across there for links to all the stuff we've been yabbing on about. Aidenbell.com for Aiden. Um, TedSalmon.com for me. In in case you get lost, you can find everything in there. Um, and uh, don't forget the MeWe group. Let us know whatever works in your life. We'll bring the highlights of that to the forthcoming shows. And there's only one thing left to say. Don't forget, whatever works, works. Supposed to be a Cliff Richard impression, but it didn't quite work. Oh, right.